Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 131 of the No Encore Music Podcast, the award-winning No Encore Music Podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm tired. I smacked my face off my bedroom wall at five o'clock in the morning. So excited was I about today's podcast. You've got like an Alex Ferguson nose going on. It's really upsetting. Uh, I, I rolled over in, in a haze and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to get that cold side of the pillow. I'll just throw myself with all of my might. And I smashed my head off the wall and bounced back like a ball. It wasn't good. It's too much might yeah. with which you threw yourself. I don't know my own strength. Uh, Craig Fitzpatrick is back amongst yeah, the... Yeah, speaking of bouncing back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. What's up? Um, yeah, I missed out on festival weekend. Uh, do I get an award? Are there actually awards? Is, the, the, is there a gong thing? Do I get an I honorary? I'm going to make myself up a plaque of some sort anyway. Why are we talking about awards, Colm O'Regan? Because the Irish Times uh, said that we were the best podcast of the Electric Picnic weekend. You were the best boys. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice surprise. Um, Lovely. It arrived in their awards of the festival and... Shout out to the Irish Times for saying that. Uh, coming to see us and writing nice things. So we were quick-witted. Yeah, I'll I didn't take understand that. that. And cool. incisive and witty. All those great who things. Who else won awards for stuff? Uh, Versatile, who were an interesting act. They were like most riotous gig. Okay. Uh, Gomez won worst band. 
Oh, geez, that's very upsetting. I didn't see Gomez. Okay, I actually interviewed them months ago and still haven't. I was about to say, yeah, your buddies still haven't haven't written it up. Never gonna happen, is it, mate? I don't know. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Something with your worst interviews ever, then, considering it hasn't happened. They were really nice guys. Yeah, I think I did like a quickie interview with your man from it, and he was really nice and interesting. And I was just like, I should listen to Gomez. And then I did glasses compliments. Uh, Anyway, point is, um, thank you to everyone who came to lecture picking to see us. We had a really good time, and thank you to the Irish Times for shedding us out. And uh, we will be very. uh, We're going to crow about that for a while. Oh, yeah. and, and indeed thank you to the people who are looking after the I Hear stage um, I assume I say on behalf of the rest of the podcast that were there it was well organised and tech worked and all the rest of it and that's always nice when you arrive on the Sunday morning so thank you yeah absolutely uh, if you want to see us live again and Craig will be there this time I promise yes Sunday October the 14th in the Workman's Club in Dublin as part of the Dublin Podcast Festival now Encore Live and uh, get your tickets and Ticketmaster right now but um, yeah, I've completely lost my train of thought. I had something to say. Oh yeah, I know what it was. I um, had just seen The Blaze at Electric oh, Picnic, which sake. we talked about on the Sunday before it happened. And about half an hour after I saw that, that's when I got the news about the Irish Times thing. So I was high on life and nothing else. Nothing else. At the time. Did the, you take drugs, Dave? The Blaze <laughs> were... Oh, The Blaze. Oh. Incredible. <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Cullum did a Benjamin Clementine and he stormed off home uh, earlier than we Listen, thought. Listen, if Benjamin's my monitors weren't working, I wasn't sticking around, okay? <laughs> that's, that's the deal. I was making like a weird mannequin and getting the hell out of there. It was a very strange moment when Benjamin Clementine, 20 minutes into a set, was like, I'm out. I can't hear myself. I'm gone. And Cullum was like, yeah, he's got the right idea. I'm gone too. And I was like, but the Blaze. So yeah, the Blaze, right? Yeah, I'm going to talk about them for about a minute. I'm just going to say that it was fantastic. It was everything I wanted it to be. Uh, It was so incredible. They had these like, uh, this kind of triangular Stanley Kubrick like video screen wall thing that opens up uh, when the first track plays out. And there's the two lads bopping away. Uh, it was just amazing. It was incredible. Like, full ten communal, incredible dance. I, I can't dance. I don't dance. And I danced. And again, definitely no drugs involved. What was your go-to move? Oh, like the, the shimmy and the bop. Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah, the shim bop. Uh, so did you have like a patented Craig Fitzpatrick at a festival moment where you were just... Yes. You weren't rolling on the floor like I occasionally do, no? No, I was just like... <laughs> oh, oh, no. Uh, so when uh, when Territory came on, right? <laughs> uh, masculine video of all time. Like, I grabbed Dahi and, like, you know, hugged him with, like, both arms. And, like, Brandon County was there. We were all, uh, and we were all just hugging each other, like Lachlan McKenna. We were all just grabbing each other and, like, lads hugging. That's what it was. It was great. My Aww. FOMO is deserting me. <laughs> no, it sounds lovely. It really, really was. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, Picnic was, was was decent. I interviewed George Ezra at one stage, and while I was chatting to him, someone yelled at him, and I was like, oh, who's this clown? And I turned around, and it was Nal Rogers in full regalia. Yeah, the weirdest thing about that is, like, you told me that story, and about three minutes later, I was in the bar in the kind of, like, press <laughs> artist area, and Nal Rogers walked past me, and I was like, is he doing laps of this place? Just Jesus, interrupting conversations as, well. as he goes. The legends were true. Uh, we saw Sheik as well. And yeah, briefly. When Get Lucky started up and uh, Nile Rogers was telling his now customary I beat cancer story, which is still a great story to tell. And long yeah, may, twice. Long in may fairness he, to the yeah, man. Yeah, long may he live. He, um, he said a couple of things that were interesting. He said that um, he will now spend the rest of his life writing more songs than he's already written, which, as I said in my review for Joe, I said, it sounds like a very niche threat at this point. <laughs> mm. uh, he also shouted out, and I quote, two French guys from France. Because where else would they be from? In reference to Daft Punk. And then when Get Lucky, as we went across to they go... Could be one- from one of the like former colonies, possibly. <laughs> we went to go two French guys from Martinique. <laughs> we went to go and see the ill-fated Benjamin Clementine set, and en route, as Get Lucky kicked in, I saw like a family on a picnic, bl- 
blanket situation. And I was like, huh. I was like, I can't be like cynical at this. They're having a great time. And there are two young kids, one of whom was probably about eight, the other about like five. Uh, the older one slapped his brother as hard across the face as I've ever seen someone do it, just as Get Lucky kick in. And I was like, okay, that's a that's a festival Rhythm moment. Rhythm is going to get you. Yeah. It is, yeah. Uh, I managed to avoid picture this is set but I heard them on the stage and that was atrociously upsetting uh, and somebody in the media area was like hang on I, I saw a picture of this on Friday and I was like no you didn't mate that's them on stage now what, what was the general feeling about Electric Picnic because people have been like well it's been it's been the main festival for so long there was worries that okay they're resting under laurels or they're maybe possibly undeserving acts higher up the bill what well, was the weekend like I'm glad you asked well yeah. first of all I should clarify that that man thought he, it was a it was, it was walking on cars that you saw on Friday oh we yeah thought it was picture this um, Melvin Ben the organiser of the festival was interviewed did a press conference uh, on Sunday afternoon after we did the podcast and he was asked you know like what do you think about all the criticisms and stuff and is it too big well it's not too big because they're making it bigger mm-hmm. they're expanding it by two and a half thousand people next year Jesus. and also Dua Lipa had the biggest crowd in festival history she was third from the top, so she's like, presumably go back to them now and be like, yeah, put a put a one and two zeros in front of that. Uh, An EP there. festival history, I presume, as yes, opposed to yeah, like yeah. they're not factoring in Rio Beach. And no, all. No. Okay. no, they're not. Okay. EP festival history. Um, I mean, look, here's the thing. I mean, like picnic, like this weekend, I barely got to go to Body and Soul. And the grounds I was working, and I had to to and fro and do interviews and like review some stuff that obviously were of a mainstream focus here and there. But I barely got to like do some of my favorite things at picnic. I also had a really good time, hung out with friends, etc., and got to a lot of different places. There's simply too much going on that you can't get bored, and you can't really be like, oh, well, like, fuck this. Yeah, I mean, like, the kooks were on, didn't see them, you know? Like, I mean, picture this, I heard them because I was flaking out in the media tent yeah. after the blaze, yeah, on the, yeah. like, on a cloud. I mean, it is what it is, you know? I mean, like, like I, I think at this stage, like, people who are snobby about picnic, I'm like, well, just don't go. I mean, go to something else. I mean... Yeah, I, I agree. And it's like, not going to be what it was in 2005. And, yeah, and it's, you know it's what? long it's, gone. It's probably as much their attitudes changing or they've been there for five years and are burnt out as opposed to the festival actually Which we can all back. relate to. Yes, this is my first time back in four years. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is fine. It's still, yeah, it's huge. It's overwhelming. It's the size of a small town. It's a bit of a mini Glastonbury. I would much rather be in like the Olympia or something. Sure. But it is what sure. it is. Yeah, so. but, and the other thing as well is that if anybody's sick of Electric Picnic and this, let's face it, is why, you know, it's continuing to grow into the sort of behemoth that it is with too much entertainment for anyone to handle is because if you are you know perhaps slightly more discerning of what acts you want to see then go to Body and Soul or All Together Now or do a few days of Longitude or Forbidden Fruit or any other of the God knows how many fucking choices of festivals you have around or this stay country. at home and read a book that nice too mate. book Test Cricket one such festival which only takes place in indoor venues <clears throat> is Hard Working Class Heroes which returns to Dublin City at the end of this month for two days of fun and frolics uh, there's also conference and panels and stuff during the day and uh, I'm delighted to say that I've been invited to take part in one of those panels Panels. I will be speaking about music and mental health um, in oh, a panel on Saturday, the 29th of September at half three in the Chocolate Factory. So if you're going to our working class heroes this year, come and see me try and be coherent for an hour. <laughs> yeah. What's that like, eh? For an hour. It's like this. Yeah, every let's, hope, week. let's hope we have at least two understanding people on that panel, much like myself and Craig. Um, right, let's move on to the news from this week. And uh, I saw a beautiful tweet from, I don't know who, I presume you're a fan of the genre. It might have made more sense, but uh, some sci fi writer was like, uh, I took a break from my computer to go write some sci fi, came back, and vanilla ice was trapped on a plague plane grounded in New York. Job done. Yeah, this flight that. Uh, Got grounded from coming back from Dubai. Uh, vanilla Ice was there, top deck. 
top deck is important, isn't it? I mean, you know, you say his career isn't where it once was, but he's still flying on the top deck. Top deck sounds like his hype man in 1993. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? Also, sorry, his name is Robert Van Winkle. Oh, yeah, yeah I had to include that. Do you yeah, know yeah. that? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Van Winkle. Hold on, does yeah. that make him less cool in your eyes, Dave? No, but this is like a weird situation where maybe he went to sleep for a hundred years and woke up on this Wait. plane. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, well, no, he'd been boasting about how he was like, <laughs> you know, the, the most flying he'd ever done in his life. Where he'd gone from, I think, America to Africa, then to Dubai, and then back to the States in the space of like 27 hours, something ludicrous like that. Um, and anyway, yeah, he was greeted by fire trucks and ambulances and like a thousand police he incorrectly gauged. And it appears that it was for nothing as well. It like, was just the flu. flu. There was like there was obviously reports initially, um, which were you know have since been disproved that over 100 people were sick on the flight, and also people talking about how they were concerned at the very start of it that you know people were falling ill. So it was there was a ton very of pe- strange. Like I mean, seriously, okay, this is actually an episode of House where like <laughs> there's a plane full of people that basically get like psychosomatic hysteria because oh, really? one person is ill and so everyone assumes that they are. There was a hundred people complained and nineteen needed treatment when they got to the ground. <laughs> the rest of them were just like, "Oh no, actually, I'm fine." Is one of the symptoms that you think you see vanilla ice? <laughs> <laughs> no, because he's bring on a fever. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the great unwashed. Do not get to see vanilla. I love, ice. I love this bit where he's like, after sharing a video on YouTube uh, from a non-news source, it's like, yeah, well, there you go. You think he'd be like terrified of heights? Because wasn't he once like famously hung out of a balcony off the side of a balcony That's by Michael Shug Jackson's Knight. child? Oh no, I don't. <laughs> it was Shug Knight, wasn't it? Shaking him down for royalties or something. Literally. Yeah, I think really, so. Really, yeah. yeah. Sounds, like, I mean, it does sound like something Shug would do, so. He's yeah, had a difficult few years. You know, he's, his wife fought for divorce. He was on Dancing with the Stars. He was personally invited by the Insane Clown Posse to take part in the Juggalo March in Washington in 2017. I think he turned that down. His most recent album, it's been seven years since he put out an album. Been a while. It was called WTF, brackets. Wisdom, tenacity, and focus. focus. That's excellent. Which, in fairness, he displayed during this whole quarantine ordeal. Yeah. Close brackets. Aretha Franklin <laughs> had a nine-hour funeral. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I mean, in fairness. I she deserves one. Would you... Would like, you if one would deserves... You, would you have stayed for the whole nine hours? No. But there was entertainment, wasn't it? It wasn't just, like, loads of readings. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, they, yeah, I mean, as you predict, like, they had a couple of good voices there to do a bit of singing every now and then, including Ariana Grande, who was uh, yeah. grabbed inappropriately by a bishop, apparently, uh, and compared to a menu item from Taco, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah, the bishop... The bishop uh, was like, oh, I'm so out of, out of the loop. Um, My, like, 28-year-old daughter told me about this... Ariana Grande thing and I was just like is that just being added to the menu of Taco Bell like in some weird like Mexican put down thing even though she's Italian oh see I yeah. thought like this guy groped her oh, oh no. no 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 and no. then like compared her to a food stuff oh. yeah. and I was like that's horrific what no these were two um, concurrent yet uh, separate incidents I suppose it was a hot mess essentially yeah. at this funeral and, and and that wasn't the worst of the Reverend Jasper yeah. Williams Jr. Offensive and distasteful eulogy for the late Queen of Soul, in which he spent a lot of time talking about things and not much about Aretha Franklin. He did a Madonna, essentially. Yeah, but he talked about Black Lives Matter and how, you know, if black people keep killing each other, well then black lives don't matter, which prompted Stevie Wonder to this. shout out from the gallery, uh, black lives do matter. I mean, I fucking love Stevie Wonder. Can you imagine Wonder. getting heckled by Stevie Wonder? He didn't appear to put this guy off. Yeah. He's kept going. 
Yeah, Have he, you ever seen like Stevie Wonder be slightly annoyed or less than ebullient? So I know. He also, I, I mean, I think worst of all when, was when he said like a black mother alone can't raise a boy to be a man describing children living in fatherless homes as abortion before after birth. Despite the fact that Aretha Franklin raised four boys as a single mother. Jeez. So what, this guy just like Time saw and place. his chance, was it? I'm yeah, no, I guess so. I, I'm not sure he knew what, where he was necessarily. I think he did know where he was. I think he was like, I've got nine areas here. I'll get some of this in. Nobody will know. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty, get some of his stuff in as well. Is it? It's pretty bad. I mean, like, this does, is why you hire like Ryan Seacrest for something like this, right? You want you Ryan just Seacrest. Keep it nice and non-controversial. You want Ryan Seacrest to eulogize your funeral? <laughs> yes, I you do. You do a actually. great job for Craig's, I think. <laughs> okay, if you can so? actually pick <laughs> Is a, it on brand? Yeah. <laughs> if you could actually pick like a celeb to be the MC at your funeral, you, who would it I be? I assume I would take a Gilbert Gottfried comedy roast. Oh, really? Have you ever heard his actual voice? Mm. No. I hear like he speaks completely normally. Normally, he's not doing that's a thing. devastating. It's chilling. Craig, okay, who, I take it back. Who would you uh, want? I don't know. I don't know. But I think a funny voice would be warranted, yeah. Well, that's why I'm going to go with Bosco. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sweet. Good. good. Can Bos- I go with Sig and Zag then? Yeah, sure. I love those guys. Cool. Bosco would be really good. I, I, I think he... he is, is, is Bosco a he? Sure. Uh, I don't know. I think that was open to debate. I think Bosco would do a really good job. I think they would... Um, like get the right mix of you know like erudite and a bit of gravitas while also making people happy and unlikely to storm off in a Black Lives Matter. Um, you can't really. Can't I really mean, you know Bosco. He <laughs> he's a he politically minded. Has announced a tour though. What Bosco's going on a tour, man? All right. Yeah, yeah. Around the country. Can we get him on the pod? I'm going to. And try. I'm not joking. I'm going to try. I had to turn down the chance to interview Higgins and Hikeums, and I fucking regret yeah. it so Why much. Why did you turn that down? Because I was starting a new job that was unrelated, and I didn't have the time. I, I had something that's extremely similar, in fact, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Can you divulge? Um, no, no, no. Um, oh, it was I Zig was, and Zag, was it? Yeah, I was, no, yeah, exactly. It was with Zig and Zag, yeah. Oh, right. And uh, no, just time-wise, I had another assignment the following day oh. when they rescheduled an interview and so I had to go to someone else. What the fuck, I know, yeah. I know. Do you reckon, like, it's just a bloke in a white t-shirt and a pair of jeans, he's like, do you want me to do the voice? And I'm like, well, this isn't what I signed up for, is it? Well, it's not far off. You did yeah. interview uh, a... Anthropomorphic singing canary. I didn't even interview. Him. No, That's you the just thing. Yeah. don't. I got promo- don't ruin it for people. <laughs> Tell everyone. <laughs> I got promotion materials of Tommy McInerney, uh face of the carbon monoxide poisoning advertising cover star of Hot Press magazine. Yeah, I think they, now it, in fairness, it was a flip cover, right? It still counts. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it, it, for some reason, yeah, they would signed some deal with Hot Press to to have. Uh, Tommy McInerney on the cover and like a kind of a joke interview inside. I'm sorry, for some reason sign some deal. What reason do you think it could possibly be? Oh, well, no, I get why... (laughs) No, I get why Hot Press sold it to them. I don't really get what the carbon monoxide people felt they were getting from the situation. But anyway... um, Integrity. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, uh, in helping with that integrity, uh, I got promotion promotional material uh, written in the tone of voice of this gruff singing canary yeah. and then had to craft an imaginary interview. And with, how. And how, yeah. <laughs> it's a stunning read. I've never felt like I was on drugs in work more <laughs> than when I've taken drugs before going to work. Well, moving along to um, more serious matters altogether. Uh, a German train company has scrapped plans to essentially weaponize music. Um, so they had this very <coughs> controversial plan to use hostile music to deter homeless people and drug users um, on Berlin's S-Bahn public rail network. Um, and while a lot of the outcry was about, of course, 
doing stuff that could cause mental distress to these very vulnerable people. Yeah, it's horrific. Yeah, it's really bad. Also, the atonal music um, community (laughs) came out in force to say, listen. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, because I didn't, atonal music. Mm -hmm. I mean, I assume we all think we know what it means, but do we? Can you are you familiar with this this Craig? You're the genre expert here, so I assume atonal music is. Well, it's you. it's not quite drill music, which we may discuss later. But um. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> it's essentially like music that's meant to unnerve you, but for art purposes. Am I getting well, yeah, this? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Dis- it's purposefully it, done. It's not just bad. Like, yeah, yeah. But more, more to the point, it discards like the tonal steps of a scale. Yeah, and so it moves in between. And then obviously, like, hops from one to the next. It is, yeah. It is supposed to be disconcerting. Um, It's supposed to kind of provoke you and have an impact and it's supposed to reflect real life. It's not supposed to be played incessantly, though, with people that are are really not looking for it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, like, this is absolutely, like, disgusting, you know, with the idea of kind of, like, driving homelessness away with it. Yeah. Um, At the same time, this woman who's come out saying the liberation of tonal hierarchies beyond the eight notes of the traditional octave was the goal of atonal music. It's like, it's not US military intervention. You're liberating nothing like it. Yeah. Well, the plans were scrapped after this initiative. uh, Initiative Neue Music held an atonal concert outside the station to protest. Um, And uh, yeah, the impromptu concert was attended by 300 people, including the homeless who were offered food. And also the S-Band's manager rocked up and then was just like, actually, do you know what? You make a good point. Let's drop this game. Did he get one round by the cheese? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Or else he was like, do you know what? No one should be listening to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that might be more my camp, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, Something that's more Craig's camp and he's already gotten excited about it is, of course, drill music. <laughs> well, listen, um, I've long been a proponent of the drill music and joining me is the very illustrious Dizzy Rascal. He's been voicing his support for the UK drill music scene um, and specifically its producers. Um, he sees them as pioneers and he's basically saying that they're doing a lot of things that he hasn't a clue how they're able to come up with it. He's also said that, yeah, of course, lyrically, I mean, a lot of the content he doesn't quite agree with, but he's kind of come out saying, it's listen, it's an art form. These guys have skill and they should be heard. What's yeah. It, what, do we agree, guys? You got my drill music playlist, right? Have, we're up to speed? Of course. Is that the next listening guide? I didn't <laughs> Did we dare? somehow get that, uh, that, that link, but I look forward to it. Uh, send it to me so I can listen to it and work tomorrow. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, like, listen, I, I've long been a fan of Dizzy Rascal. Remember that time I saw him in a forest and thought it was only okay? Oh, yes. Remember? he Was, was a play- it a gig or was it he was just loitering with intent? It was at a festival where the festival concluded with a certain thing that I did. Remember that call? I, I, I'm- Is this just Blaze related? No, it's it's related Blaze. to Blue me Blaze. Uh, not having a way of finishing an article for Hot Press. And so- oh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, my God. Sorry, no, I saw him. We've at, talked I, about this. I don't, sure. I don't think we said it on the, I on think the we show. We saw him together at Forbidden Fruit. We did, so, yeah. yeah. And he was, so he, I was like, what he was good. That this night? Was, I went to a festival in Austria. We, we talked about this before. Yeah. On the show? Yes, of course. Did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never gets old, though. The old man. I invented a kind old sage for the purposes of finishing a paragraph. So good. Um, yeah, so I am a liar, basically. Fake. I invented fake news. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, like, fair play. I think that the drill music thing might be getting out of hand from a media point of view. I think people are coming down quite hard on it, and it's now beginning to resemble, like, 
very bad Daily Mail coverage. Uh, which well, uh, the Daily Mail themselves did come out recently when Dizzy was talking about a specific track he liked and said it was, you know, dangerous and all that kind of stuff. He has responded to the Mail's criticism of him. I uh, sa- said, you know, if you felt that I was inciting or promoting that kind of behaviour, fair enough. You can call me out on that. But then when you start linking a 73-year-old woman's murder, and don't even go into it and explain why I feel like that's dangerous. Well, and that's it a, is. It's just Yeah, that's a special Daily Mail move, to be fair. And also, yeah. I mean, you know, criticising him for posting about a drill track and then apparently like simultaneously calling for an end to like the violence that's kind of stemming from that scene uh, on his Instagram feed which is you know where you connect for these important matters Um, I I mean you know what else is the dude meant to do like like, are we meant to say the music shit just (laughs) just because there's violence linked to it I don't know well I guess it's all subjective and a few days ago I voiced a subjective opinion or two about a certain band called The Beatles and oh. friend of the show David Tapley was in touch via WhatsApp message and said that every time he hears me talking about The Beatles on No Encore his blood boils Sure. so uh, the latest story from The Beatles camp is that Paul McCartney has found God <laughs> after taking some drugs <laughs> presumably after seeing The Blaze yeah, so he was on the DMT, which uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Did that come into your weekend excursion? No, dimethyltryptamine. Or how does one pronounce this? Dimethyltryptamine. Yeah, I believe it is. Uh, no, I don't think I had any DMT this weekend. Yeah, so this was back in the day. This isn't recently, um, but he was talking about how he was immediately nailed to the sofa upon doing the DMT. Which the company is of fortress. Uh, <laughs> choice of words when talking about seeing an image of our Lord and Saviour really isn't it <laughs> yeah it is actually well I don't know if it was quite the Christian God we'll continue with Paul's Sir Paul's um, comments and I saw God this amazing towering thing and I was humbled was he really Paul McCartney um, and what I'm saying is that moment didn't turn my life round, but it was a clue a clue to what not Twin Peaks the return mate I don't know it was huge. Fair. He says it was a massive yeah. wall that I couldn't see the top of and I was at the bottom and anybody else would say it's just the drug, the hallucination. Um, well, it did lead him to something godlike. We know this. Teach him to how to play the piano. No. Hit the music. Attention, everyone. One, one. Shut up. Craig on Kanye. Yes, indeed. It's Craig on Kanye with um, former Paul McCartney collaborator in such a sweet, sweet link there, Dave. He discovered Paul McCartney. We know this. <laughs> it's phenomenal work. Um, so we had Dizzy on Drill Music. Craig and Kanye is back to reveal that an olive branch has been extended from the Kanye camp. He's been back on Twitter. Uh, there's been a tread. Um, it was eight tweets long. Not quite up there with I am your OG and I will be respected as, as such. But he was promoting love. And he's basically said, I'm sorry, Drake. Um, He didn't mean to step on his summer rollout of the album. Um, He was sorry about not giving him the lift yourself beat, which apparently they're going to work on instead of just the spoopity scoop scoop, which I actually quite enjoyed. I mean, to be fair, I mean, like to take a beat that Drake apparently desperately wanted (laughs) and literally shit all over it. It's very impressive. It's brilliant. And, and then to be like, oh, I didn't realise that. Uh, come on, man. And then him going, I haven't heard those diss yeah, tracks. which is great. It's real. Like, <laughs> I swear, man, I didn't even listen to them. Um, he, I read some of the quotes. Yeah, yeah. He he basically said that he wasn't in favour of Pusha going at Drake and 
Um, he really shouldn't have put his name or his work into anything that would do as such. But he could understand Push's issues as a man. If someone mentions your fiance, men go mask off. Now, let's remember, of course, that Drake literally just named his fiance and then suddenly got back. Um, you're hiding a child, you're deadbeat dad, your parents are a mess, <laughs> and your best friend's going to die, uh, which is quite amazing. It's, it's still the most vicious <laughs> so thing. Good. It's incredible. So good. Unreal. A surgical summer in one swipe. Um, but yeah. Yeah, this is very much um, Andre and Kanye's whole love everybody thing and also a bit of a kind of repositioning I think because he's gone back to Chicago he's hung out with some old friends he's kind of said sorry for some of his comments being misconstrued around the whole Trump and slavery thing so yeah he's trying to he's trying to I don't know craft some decent PR also in the rap world this week, Eminem dropped a surprise album and I immediately said I wasn't reviewing it, having given the first and only not out of ten and no onco history to his last one. But he just can't stay out of the news, can he, Cullum? No, he can't. And uh, speaking of rap beefs, I think uh, Eminem versus, uh, well... Minor star and frequent WWE collaborator Machine Gun Kelly must be one of the uh, <laughs> less expected of the summer, but that's where we were. Who knew? Uh, yeah, Eminem dropped Kamikaze last weekend, and I don't know, have we listened to it? Yes. No. Yeah, I, I believe I informed. I, I initially I heard it dropped, and I said, guys, I know Eminem. Yeah. But I, I'd also heard that Dre was involved, so I was like, maybe we should look at this. I stuck it on, and I relayed to the guys that, in fact, Dre was executive producer <laughs> clearly had no hand in anything yeah. and there was no point um, now it's definitely it's not returned to form but it's better than the last absolute shambles yeah I mean it's not that's not saying a lot but it is a lot better than yeah that. you don't have the awful like hopeful pop crossovers you've yeah. got some decent sparse beats and you got, you've got him focused a bit on just trying to deliver stuff but again this is his problem now he's just constantly trying to prove that he can wrap everything with everything and rhyme everything together and it just becomes there, a, li- there is a level of that at the same time problem. though I mean like yeah like this does sound technically accomplished and you know whatever it's less than a year since we were saying like has he just completely lost the ability to rhyme yeah, and to stay true. in rhythm that's so true. you know it's got a sick Justin Vernon collaboration on it doesn't it it does yeah um, and, and he's not overly pleased about it. <laughs> it it features um a shot at Tyler the Creator uh, the track is called Fall mm. and uh it uses what can we say the f bomb yes a homophobic slur the yeah. f bomb and yeah basically uh Bonnie Vare has kind of tried to distance himself from it, basically. We should clarify it's Eminem who says it. Yes, of course, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine Bonnie Vare dropping that? Um, I don't that really, sweet, yeah. sweet voice. Auto-tuned. Yeah. Um, but basically, he says, yeah, that like, he thinks Eminem is one of the best rappers out there and, you know, attacking Tyler, the creator, anyway, is just out of order. It's not the time to criticise youth and it is certainly not the time for slurs. Yeah. Now, there, there is one tiny little thing that people are missing on that. It's just like he's not outright calling Tyler that. He's mm. saying, Tyler, you refer to yourself as this because there's this whole yeah. kind of very confusing thing about Tyler's own I guess sexuality and his own homophobia in his work before yeah, so it's a very complicated thing it, it is extremely complicated and that's why I was saying it was strange to see so many people kind of jump to black and white conclusions I mean listen yeah. okay like I, like I just I don't vibe with that word in any shape or form it's I don't see why anybody well, is it? using it yeah it's not a nice sound even um, but of course 
you know, two was it two years ago, three years ago now, perhaps when Tile the Creator was denied entry to the UK. Yeah, um, everybody was coming out in force saying, "Well, look, you know, there Doing is art behind yeah. this, and like you know, he, there's an alter ego involved, and blah blah blah." And you know, it was amazing how people kind of came out and were just like, you know, this you know person who used this word and defended it behind an alter ego and you know, a youthful indiscretion and so on and so forth has now been attacked by Slim Shady. <laughs> Yeah. And that's just won't do. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's all very subjective. Um, <laughs> Justin Vernon wants to kill the song. He's planning on mm-hmm. getting rid of it. Basically, it comes from an old recording session that he did with a couple of producers and found its way into the studio. He asked for it not to be, and then it was used. He's not happy about it. But he's also quite busy mm-hmm. because he's after putting out a record with Aaron Desner of the National Fame called Big Red Machine. And that is our album of the week. And it sounds like this. That was Forest Green from Big Red Machine from My Money, the standout track. There are 10 tracks on this album, another thing it's got going for it, absolutely. Uh, this comes from the People Music Project. Mm. What is the People Music Project? So it's been a long running thing and kind of changing as it goes as well, to be fair. But really, it's all about collaboration. It kind of comes to a head every year in Germany where there's like a bunch of acts invited to collaborate and work together for a week ending with a kind of a two-day festival. But basically, it's a bit of a come-one, come-all. Obviously, it started out especially with uh, Justin Vernon and Aaron Desner kind of just hooking up with their mates, basically. So whether it was kind of like, you know, eight-hour-long Icelandic kind of thinkscapes or the Staves and the rest of the Eau Claire gang uh, joining in. That's kind of where this comes from. The uh, actual name for this particular project, Big Red Machine, comes from a track that they did together back in 2009. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that this first uh, crossed my radar when it soundtracked a football podcast just before the World Cup, bizarrely. Um, That, it turns out, is Melt. And... While I only got sort of 30 seconds of it at the time, I remember thinking, huh, this sounds interesting for both members of this collaboration. When I heard some of the other singles, I said that maybe Bonnie Vera, Justin Vernon, was in the box seat here and Aaron Desner was a bit of a passenger. Having heard the album as a whole, I'm just very impressed with it all around. Yeah, as am I. Um, it seems quite um, a logical collaboration and the end results seem kind of as expected um, in a very good way I think based on the previous long players from uh, these two respective artists I mean 22 yeah. a million and Sleep Well Beast had a lot of kind of uh, mutual touching points and uh, you know It's something that I mentioned when we were talking about the singles a couple of weeks ago yeah is that you know like a lot, there's a lot of 22 million here and I think that's partially just because Justin Vernon's voice is a dominant feature of the yeah. record but also Aaron Desner 
you know, because of his work with the National, and because of an album that definitely veered more in that direction than their previous work, yes. it kind of dovetails quite well now. Yeah, it does. Um, I was very excited when I found myself kind of, especially post-festival and feeling like a shell of myself, throwing this on and kind of just flaking out and being like, oh, there's that voice here to take me away. Mm. And it does. But are, is this album a bit guilty of a little bit too much noodling? Like, is it a little bit too... Well, yeah. I'm all for, you know, the spirit of collaboration and the community that that can bring, absolutely. And by no means at any point of this record did I feel like it was disgracing itself. But there were times when it began to feel a little bit formless and just a little bit, like, without direction. See, I must say, I thought it kind of said it stole out in that regard. I thought, like, from the opening moments, you know, not that there's a single tone. In fact, as you say, quite the opposite. It it really is a very sort of fluid and, and abstract thing. But I felt that it was like, you know, okay, yeah, this album is going to be sort of experimental, is going to be a little bit weird. And, you know, rather than overwhelming, it was just kind of all-consuming. It's more kind of like mist rolling in than a title. I don't know if it's experimental or weird enough, despite my criticisms. I was going to say, I feel like after 22 Million, I was hoping for Justin's next move to push it even further because that was so... It was like bursting with ideas. Um, At times it seemed like there was no rhyme or reason to what was going on, but it was so encoded and fractured and just kind of mystifying in the best possible way whereas Sleep Well Beast as we've just said was very much uh, the national testing the waters maybe stepping mm-hmm. into new territory but still obviously having that long grounding in the kind of indie rock side of things so I feel like here you've got Justin Vernon very much kind of extending the hand to Aaron Desner and meeting him halfway a bit as opposed to Aaron Desner fueling Justin's kind of more experimental leanings so it's a bit They've talked about creating a kind of uh, a safe digital space um, for this artistic process and working together and collaborating. I know, safe space. Um, But it does feel a bit safe, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels hermetically sealed. I mean, it feels like a snow globe, but for the summer. And I I can see like... Snow globe for the summer. But they put this like kind of like perfect encasement over it and I can see the lights. I can see, you know, the people inside of it. It's a very beautifully crafted thing. But... Outside of it being ornate and, you know, a little bit maze-like, I just didn't sink into it. Did and I not, thought I would have, but I didn't. Yeah. Did you not think that there was kind of tangible energy at times, though? Energy is an interesting word. I felt myself losing energy the more I went on. I, I It feels almost too, like, laid back. It feels... Really? I didn't, yeah. I didn't qu- think... It, it's quicksandy at times, and that can work. And with that voice, you just can't go wrong. But I did find myself drifting back to thinking about 22 million and thinking about, you know, like at times this album can be evocative of like Beth Rest of uh, the self-titled yeah. Bonnie album, which some people don't like and I love. Without, uh, yeah, no, I adore that song and it's I was going to actually mention that and but say... But they feel like lesser versions of I it. I was going to say, like, I mean, some of the songwriting is very strong and I, I did find it actually more di- diverting and I, th- I didn't think the kind of... Uh, it feels like what it is. It feels, it feels like a jam session. But the thing is, you see, like the... I. It's a bit more shaped than that. It it is, but also yeah, I. It's th- not a yes concert, thank God. But yeah, I mean. but I also think that, and I appreciated the fact that it doesn't sound like this has been a, a case of kind of going mad in post production and adding no, a lot true. of you know glitches and bells and whistles for the sake of it. It felt as though a lot of this was maybe fully formed. 
Yeah, it reminded me actually quite a bit of um, In Rainbows in that that was Radiohead coming from okay. doing a lot of post-production stuff and a lot of stuff on laptops, keeping some of those electronic elements, but also sounding like players in a room, um, which I definitely got the sense of with this as well. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I gather that's how Aaron Desner likes to work, although a lot of people were always accusing him of wanting to try to make people sound like the national. Yeah. You know, and which is why at kind of like various points in his career, you know, like local natives or Lisa Hannigan, you know, uh, Happened Frightened Rabbit as well, kind of took on different sort of um, hallmarks. I think that's why, like I say, it, it helps that these two artists leading the charge were kind of very much on the same page. And I felt that came across. It does. And- come across but I think there's a like you know Bonnie Vera is malleable to a degree but he's not gonna he's not gonna lose the signature and distinctive oh, way course. at the same time has he been given a bit of a sedative here mm, that might be a bit harsh I do think as I said he, he's being slightly reined in although on the flip side I did like that voice alongside some of the kind of dirtier guitar bits and there was moments where it was kind of like that fan's dream of just like, oh, this is a collision of two things I really love. So it did work for me in those moments, but it was moments rather than this is a song that has the emotional resonance of a Beth Rest or something like that. It was very enjoyable. I think it's very accomplished, but I, I didn't have those moments where I was swept off my feet or thought this is going to be a song that I'm playing five years from now. Yeah, I mean, I think they've kind of alluded to the fact themselves that this record and indeed the project as a whole is more about seeing the process and seeing how the album is made and rendered yeah, which, rather than... Is that than... fun for a listener? Like, that seems very, like, I don't know, well, Peter I'll, Gabriel in the I'll, 90s. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be fair now. When it sounds like this, it I think it's good oh I mean uh, yeah. nothing if else. you hear that description and then listen directly you'll be like oh phew yeah I think this though is the difference between like you know a 15 minute making of featurette and sort of like you know an 8 hour director's cut sort of a thing right. yeah. oh yeah and keep in mind we've already had like Dave Grohl make a 27 minute song in which he plays all of the instruments bruh like in the last couple of months uh, so yeah I mean this is the superior version of that perhaps and I guess if you do praise break, indeed, Dave. If you break the project down to its constituent parts, it could have been terrible. It isn't. It's good. I enjoyed it. However, I'm curious to see as you know the nights get darker and the days get colder. Can I find myself getting lost in that hourglass amongst all the granules of sand and time as they tick down, or will park I, life, or will I return to 22 million? And I think it'll be the latter. Right. Six out of ten for Big Red Machine from me. To seven point five for me. I'll give it a seven. I hate giving a seven, but it's such a seven album. <laughs> but in a world of no sevens. <laughs> uh, I'd be more veering on a 6.5 than a 7.5, to be honest. Okay, it's time for some songs of the week. and I There's think only one place to start. Dave. There's only one place to start. <laughs> don't, don't, don't give me that numbers game rubbish. <laughs> so here it is. Let's start. Let's see if you can figure out who this is. <laughs> What about you? It's Razor Light. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to hear them again. <laughs> 
Johnny, 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 where have you been? Well, Olympus has been sleeping, uh-huh. but Johnny Burrell's been up all night. Hey! Didn't even plan that, lads. Yeah. I've got too much gold here. Well, he's oh. moved away from the more kind of piano balladry and aiming to be the new U2 thing. And he's gone back to his roots a bit with this, I feel. First, <laughs> the first 30 seconds or so, I was like, oh, there's kind of like up all night guitars here. This is interesting. Then I got to a weird vacuum where I thought a chorus should be. And it was just some like a weird three chord progression of nothingness. Yeah. And then there was a weird bit towards the end where I'm not sure if he was talking about a tuna sandwich or a human sandwich human sandwich but that was probably the most intriguing part and I don't know what that says (laughs) yeah Uh, like I mean he kind of alluded to the fact that he's been off doing other projects and never was really interested in or drawn back to doing Razor Light until he had these songs and these ideas and you think like it was really was this the trigger it, it was interesting that he f- he stopped being interested with Razor Light round about five minutes after everyone stopped being interested else, in Razor yeah. Light got a press release about this on Wednesday morning and it said uh, fabulous new music from Razor Light I wouldn't use that word no Look, Razor Light can be a bit of an easy punch bag. I'm not going to do it, but I am mystified by how generic this is. Yeah. You would think the thing that you must do with a comeback is make people want to listen to it well, again. Give us a chorus. Well, like, he, he could write a hook. Like, he, he had an interview with NME last week, I guess, which also featured a couple of more tracks from this forthcoming album, uh, none of which broke this mould, really. Okay. But he said that it was basically the fact that at the time he had this reticence and this, you know, displeasure at being described as indie at the time, that he didn't want to be in a British indie band, that now he's kind of come round to the idea and has embraced that. What's <laughs> Yeah, again, which is why it's funny he, that he's made that decision. I know, but which, <laughs> no, but like, I mean, that's also why it all sounds so unremarkable, because it's just like, oh, you set out with a goal to sound like you did at the start here. Yeah, but not even, because in fairness to Razor, like that first album, I mean, it wasn't landfill indie. Like he had, no, tunes, had tunes on it. Yeah. I think it was a cut of bull. Like this sounds like, this could be like Pigeon Detectives or some rubbish. Yeah, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great <laughs> shout. Yeah. I remember seeing Pigeon Detectives. Oxygen and, 2008, I was there. No, 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 just knocking about in Cork City Centre. And my aunt turned to me and went, is that a band? And I went, yeah, that's the Pigeon Detectives. Because there's just five lads in white cons and skinny jeans like <laughs> big hair yeah, yeah it course, was unbelievable yeah, um, yeah I, I think we'll all go to bat for a couple of Razor Light songs like Somewhere Else is still brilliant with the best lyrics of all yeah, time Go- Golden Touch is a great song it's okay Golden Touch is his best song yeah it's good yeah. and America's the worst song of all time <laughs> oh my life uh, what's the song that he played on uh, that Jonathan Ross said was the best song ever Wire to Wire which was basically um, a horse with no name <laughs> what did Jonathan Ross say <laughs> He, I think he basically said they, they were going to be... They, they debuted it on the Jonathan Ross show and afterwards Jonathan Ross was nearly in tears and was like, <laughs> this is this is the next big band. He anointed them as the new U2 was actually. I was like, this one of the greatest songs I've heard in years. With the album the album that killed their career, Slip by Fires. <laughs> well, spike those guitars. It's Yak. London Terraways Yak there with White Male Carnivore. Yeah. It's a bit of a tune. 
It is a great tune. I know. I don't know very much about Yak. Um, they got very good notices a couple of years ago when they released their debut record, mm-hmm. Alas, Salvation, which is a great title as well. And they signed with Virgin, um, so they've got kind of major label backing despite their kind of grotty punk roots. Yeah, um, well, I mean, frankly, they managed to get the exact <laughs> middle ground when they released that first record with Jack White. Yeah. So, you know, that yeah. that's your real stepping stone to major level, isn't it? That's Release true. Release your grungy first record in third man. Um, but yeah, this is this is very very good, I think. I like the kind of the, the rhythm section is doing a kraut rock uh kind of motor thing. Um and above it you have that nice bluesy guitar thing and then you have something approaching maybe a Marky Smith pastiche which is actually very enjoyable there's a bit of that to it um, yeah I mean like it normally wouldn't be my bag but on a song like this you're kind of like well could he have really done it any other way I mean the sel- the lyrics are this kind of like self-aware self-flagellation for the fact that he is a white male carnivore yeah apparently from filling out some sort of weird uh, immigration form on the way to yeah, Japan yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like... It's knowing enough that they get away with it. Well, that's exactly it. It's just like, you know, if he'd made this any, like, you know, jinglier, shall we say, or any less gruff, I think he would have sounded like a sarcastic MRA or something like that. Instead, he sounds like he's really kind of like, you know, taking himself to task, but in a funny way. Yeah, because it trades in the same kind of, you know, grunged out furrow that the likes of eagles and slaves might uh, loiter about in. I think in the latter case in particular, the MRA theme might be closer to home than you might want it to be. <laughs> in this, for sure, yeah, there's a knowingness, there's a bit of satire there. And also, it changes up its rhythm and its pace and even its style of song in the last kind of run, yeah. which yeah, I greatly it enjoyed. Really cool. yeah. It also made me think of the film Green Room and how I want to watch that again, but I'm not quite ready because I don't want to see Anton Yelchin in peril. May he rest in peace. Up next, Run the Jewels have been quiet for a while, but they're back with a collaboration. I got to lick off still. I got to pick myself. I got to help myself to live. I got to make these moves. I got to pay my dues. I got to hold my own. I got to right my wrongs. I got to make these moves. I got to pay my dues. I got to hold my own. I got to right my wrongs. Now who would have thought that a nigga would have made it to a penthouse? Made it to a penthouse. Man, I've been thinking about when Pimp came home, went straight to the bed line. Straight to the bed line. Now that's a long way from a pot on the stove with the gram. But when I was coming up, all I had in the pot was some Raymond noodles and spam. And I was like, damn, and this is some bullshit. I don't want to live. Bit of a legend when it comes to Southern Texas rap. Bun B has recruited Run the Jewels for a track called Myself. Now I've been a bit critical of Run the Jewels since their last release. Uh, I quite enjoyed them on this one. They seem like they found someone who can keep up with them as opposed to just dropping in for a hello and a sandwich. How's it going? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good collaboration because they just vibe with each other so well. Bun B, who maybe a lot of people wouldn't know, I guess you'd know him best from, uh, he was on International Players Anthem. Um, he's kind of got big cachet in the South, as you said, the likes of Outcast. Um, more mature rapper fellow, very wise, uh, fits in quite fellow. well. With, yes, that's how I speak now. Also, is more mature, I mean, he's a little bit old. He's 45. <laughs> yeah, he, he started UGK. Yeah, fantastic. So. Um, but yeah, this is that more reflective thing. It's, you know, it's kind of, we've, you know, taken some knocks, but we've got wisdom from it and we're about to impart it over quite a good LP beat. 
Yeah, I was about to say this album apparently should be on your to-do list. Uh, it is yeah. very good. Um, Big Crit, who did production on this track, uh, handled a lot of the record as well, and that's his voice you hear on the hook. And uh, yeah, by all accounts, it's very strong. Yeah, I like this. Uh, I liked LP on it especially, uh, and given that, I thought he was maybe the weak link of RTJ3. I was trying to think, how long ago was that? That's ages now, isn't it? Like almost two, two years. Two Christmases ago. Yeah. Two Christmases ago it dropped, yeah, yeah. So it was like kind of, and then they brought it out like kind of on wax or whatever in the January of uh, 2017. Okay, yeah. So they're, yeah, sense. I guess they're overdue, but I think that album was so underwhelmed that we don't really miss them at the moment. But yeah, this made me, that. this made me to some degree go, oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. still have something. Oh, yeah. I really hope RTJ4 is just a bit more adventurous or something? I don't Maybe know. Maybe with the title? No, the t- like, title's fine. <laughs> just work on the songs, okay? No, they have to pull, go full Led Zeppelin, right? And just not name it. I enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, as we return to that um, weird Halloween hourglass that I'm going to find myself trapped in forever as my soul burns... Who would you want for company, Dave? Tom York. <laughs> and specifically, a track made for a horror remake yeah. called Suspiria, and the song is called Suspirium. Imagine that gaunt face pressed against the glass of the snow globe, Jesus. dying to get out. It could be scarier than um, the forthcoming Suspiria remake. Have either of you ever seen Suspiria? No. Yeah, I saw it years ago. It's very good. It's fantastic. It's yeah. a giallo <laughs> horror by Dario Argento, the master of such things. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. And I had one of the best movie taglines on the poster of all time. It was like, the only Welcome thing... Welcome to a world without rules. No, I'm that's sorry. the Dark Knight. Uh, it was uh, the only thing scarier than the last 10 minutes of Suspiria are the first 93, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. Ballet always freaks me out anyway. It's yeah. a really fucking good movie. And the remake, which is forthcoming, it's by the guy who made Call Me By Your Name. Okay, right. Can't yeah. remember his name right no. now. It's Luca something or Ludo something. I, I apologize. It's got Tilda Swinton in it. And Dakota Johnson. Is she playing Tom York? Uh, no, uh, she's not. And the trailer looks pretty choice. And the early reports are that it's really fucking scary and grim. He is doing the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously a big indicator. Pitchfork have described this as his best solo song, or maybe his best song overall in years. Does that measure up? Yeah, I mean, certainly in terms of solo, I think it's probably better than a lot of what we've heard in a long yeah. time. Um, I think his vocals suit this beautifully. Um, I think you you mentioned the ballet. I mean, I'm not familiar with the movie, but even just the use of three four time, yes, yeah. did kind of like conjure up those ideas of a I don't know like a you know one of those like spinning music boxes mm. or something like that, which are in themselves inherently creepy. So I can imagine it working well uh, as a film soundtrack, but I can also see how it works fantastically well as a song. It's really impressive. Such a kind of sturdy song because it sounds like there's a huge amount going on, but then you're like oh no it's just his incredible voice the piano and then we get some like amazing flute which I'm always a fan of some flute just floating into a song yeah I I agree I think it's one of his his better solo tracks in yeah a long time Um, 
he's kind of going back to those more traditional roots of just like dispensing with the electronic kind of um i don't know flourishes and experimentation and just concentrating on the stuff and yeah i think it's a great great song luca guadagnino is the name of the director of oh, that movie, mm. which i still haven't seen by the way but um yeah i thought this was, was excellent work it's um, great it's hypnotic like he's, he's talked about working on this song and soundtrack in general and he, he approached it as if he was um kind of recanting spells and doing magic which sounds really cool it's very bowie in the mid 70s and it's on, are extremely geeky so it's, no, no, it's on brand for the film <laughs> yes exactly very much looking forward to seeing it and i think he's going to do some great work uh, i really enjoyed the track they use at the end of the prestige by him from that album the oh, eraser yeah. Forget what it's called, Howard and Hill, maybe. Good yes. tune. Lastly, this week, also kind of with a bit of a sinister edge, it's the radio department. is Going Down Swinging. Must say, I'm not terribly familiar with this band outside of, I guess, their most iconic song, uh, Heaven's on Fire, Mm -hmm. which is a superb song, quite a beat in its way. This isn't. No. No. This is gloomy and sinister and mean and strange and synthy, and I love it. It's good. It's It's very much meant to be bit gloomy. Uh, it's <laughs> been Scandinavian. Released, yeah, it's been released to coincide with the elections in Sweden on Sunday where they're quite worried about the impact of the uh, far-right party there, the Sweden Democrats. Yeah. They're referencing in this song when the church bells used ring to warn of na- marching Nazis in the 1930s and saying that it happened once again in 2014. And, you know, that's a bad sign. And yeah, like you say, it is pretty grim, but it's grim up north these days, it seems. Yeah, it feels like a good companion with the last song because it is just that the power of simplicity thing again. And I I don't know a huge amount about the radio department. Um, I know some of the stuff I've enjoyed. I just haven't delved into it. But by all accounts, I mean, I think they're coming up to album number five thus far. And people that are into them have just been like, they have not put a foot wrong in the last 15, 20 years. Um, so yeah probably want to investigate further when I say I love it I should clarify I love the atmosphere and the yeah. mechanics of <laughs> the song we got that yeah. <laughs> not, not, not the potential for a hung parliament <laughs> no I'm not in support of far right Scandinavian political parties um, and that's the end of the songs of the week guys <laughs> have you listened to anything else this week well as discussed earlier I did give Kamikaze a spin or two uh, out of interest mm-hmm. and also I got a sneaky listen to the new Villagers album. So did I. What do you reckon? Uh, it's too early. To, are we going to review it? We no. Might. Well, yeah. I mean, give us me, give me a very quick one sentence reaction. He's still got it. Yeah, I would say he's got a whole new level of it. So yeah, I haven't heard it. It's yet. Really good. I'm getting excited oh, you're getting now, left out, Craig, because you sell it to the advertising world. You don't get those streams no more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I might find some access to it somehow. But I have also been listening to Spiritualized's and Nothing Hearth, which we were on the fence about maybe possibly doing this week. Mm. Um, I gave it a listen. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, probably better than the album we did. But hey, um, check it out for yourselves. It's it's really interesting because. 
the story behind it is fascinating it's Jason Pierce um, a bit down on his luck I guess of finding kind of budgets tight um, spiritualized obviously known for their quite grandiose gestures and statements and string sections he recorded more or less all of this on his uh, laptop at home his home computer in his bedroom and somehow it sounds huge and great and I don't know how he's pulled it off but it's um, definitely worth a listen it's kind of like it's one of those nice albums where it's a latter day record that would be a good primer for someone that knows nothing about spiritualized because it kind of touches on all their kind of great stuff and if you're a fan I think you'll just welcome that because his releases are so few and far between I look forward to it I'm Your Man is one of my favourite songs of the year so I'll get to that when I can gentlemen thank you very much thank you good to be back back next week with more this episode of No Encore was lovingly engineered by our sonic architect Eve Murray who also made our live episode of Electric Picking sound so good so thank you for that Eve our exit music this week comes from uh, really good friends of the show two of the nicest guys in the business Week of Corners they're back trailing their new album Impostures which lands on October the 12th they play Whelan's the night after and if you've never seen them live I encourage you to do so uh, and the night after that there's another show happening in Dublin there is it's No Encore Live 3 in the Workman's Club yeah, what maybe. a weekend tickets so on Ticketmaster now from 13 Euro but first you can get to hear Laughing Maniacally the latest single it's a song about the narcotic power of love and the manner in in which our sense and sensibilities are corrupted by desire, which sounds like something Tom York would say about the Superior soundtrack. Park Life. It's a tune. I like it a lot. And we're all off to go and listen to Park Life by Blur. But first, Week of Corners. My name is David William Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. And it's Week of Corners with Laughing Maniacally. <laughs> <laughs> Maniacally
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.